Welcome to Your Voice to the World. I'm Eddie Pinero, speaker, filmmaker, and storyteller, teaming up with Terrence McMahon, retired CEO and best-selling author. Having built multi-million dollar businesses and created lifestyle brands enjoyed by millions around the world, we've established a blueprint to do more and become more. Now we're joining forces to inspire you to share your voice and build the business and lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Welcome to Your Voice to the World podcast episode two, where we talk about your life, sharing your voice, creating your business, and everything in between. Today we're going to talk about taking control, becoming the captain of your own ship, and this book, Essentialism, which is a perfect roadmap to do that. I'm Eddie Pinero. I'm Terrence McMahon. And let's rock and roll. Cool. We got Essentialism. This book is essential. Period. Period. It's that good. It's that good. The biggest theme of that book, which we'll be diving into a little bit, um, and the biggest theme with regard to taking control, taking ownership of your own life, it's cutting away. I think a, a big misunderstanding of progress and growth in and of itself is that we must acquire and build. And uh, we do, but that pales in comparison to what we must leave behind. Um, and so, you know, I know we both do a lot of that. We continue to cut. We talk about every day the things that aren't helping us move forward and how to cut uh, that stuff out of the picture. So it's uh, perfectly in line with, with what we're doing. What do you, uh, what's your take on that? What have you cut recently? Tara? Cut. Uh, I think the most important word in the world in our dictionary is decision. I think the decisions that we make are, I think it's a misunderstood word too. I don't think people understand the word exactly. They say, let's make a decision. I used to sell insurance and Mass Mutual had a campaign that said, what's the sign of a good decision? Which I interpreted as selling people something or having them come into your world or, or have them buy something. What it really is about decisions, if you, the etymology of decision, D-D-E mm -hmm. D -E means away from in any word, detour. The, 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 the away from incision to cut incision to cut away from from the Latin word cesare uh, to cut away from so doing the act of a decision is to stop doing something it's to cut it's not to it's not to uh, add something so that's a big big word and most of us have plenty of ability just too confused with the noise Versus, versus the what? The narrative, right? Right, right. So to, what decisions need to be made? And Essentialism is a book, basically a giant book about the discipline's pursuit of less, which means you need to decide. You need to cut away from wanting to be everything to everybody and be really, really good at one thing. So when you, every morning, you know, have your alone time, you go on your balcony and you do your morning sessions, mm -hmm. is that something you think about? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to do fewer things... I try to do the one thing. This is from a different book that we're going to be reviewing in a couple of weeks, like Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. What's one thing you can do today that by doing so makes what you do tomorrow easier or unnecessary? Right. And if I wanted to do a lot of things, I'd be unable to make that choice. It's, it's very, very similar. So how they parallel because to identify your one thing, to set your target and to drive towards something by default means you're doing a lot of stuff that doesn't. Right. 
have anything to do with that journey and that path and that goal. And that's what you need to, you need to remove. And, you know, a lot of the times it's stuff that you're emotionally tied to, right? It's the stuff, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's little things. Sometimes it's relationships. Sometimes it's activities, habits. Sometimes it's big picture. We talked about, um, you know, something we have in common is we both packed our stuff and just moved coincidentally, both from Boston, you know, the, the new England, um, down to Florida, but it was that, drastic where it's like if if you want to succeed deeply enough sometimes you have to completely uproot and change your environment dude you'll never meet you go your whole life you find two people that went into business that both literally changed their lives mid mid pony right got off a horse let it go and moved but in this in in essentialism one of the great great uh big ideas there's lots of them but the biggest one is a decision one decision Mm -hmm. cutting away from one major thing that makes 1000 future decisions right so if you want to change the fruit change the root change the root and the root you got to cut the roots right off so if you want to change you got to cut away the roots that are distracting and like for instance if you want to change your physical environment and you have people that you need to get away from Mm -hmm. and this wasn't all about getting away from people in my case but there were some i definitely wanted to stop having a high level of interaction with. I wanted to manage them differently. And one way to do that is to move. So that, and and we'll probably talk about that in detail a little bit later, but like that move, right? One Mm -hmm. decision, when you say it it transformed into, you know, many different change, I forget the exact terminology you used, one change, what is it? Well, it's one one decision that makes a thousand. Okay, so it ultimately becomes a thousand different decisions. So what what are some of those now that you wouldn't have had if you if you stayed there. Well, I, I mean, I, I I had an alcoholic liver failure, so I wanted to stop drinking. Right. I think I had to, the obvious decision is some people really struggle with the concept of of stopping, and a lot of psychologists think your environment is a big part of it. Right. So changing your physical environment and making that decision on top of having cutting away from like I don't do it anymore and I also have an answer for it when anyone asks me like what do you I don't drink like at all and right. I, I don't make a big deal about it and that, that's just a decision that I've made um, but the decision of moving moved away from the social environments and triggers that some people associate with that but it was way more than that I wanted to get healthy I wanted to I wanted to become an author I wanted to recreate myself and I needed to get away and have quiet time to make some things essential and, and, and other things nostalgic. Like, I don't necessarily want to do them all the time. I don't want to say goodbye to them forever. Right. But it's more nostalgic for me. That's a good word for it, I guess. That makes sense. It's like, a, it's like a closed chapter in your life that you can dip back into from time to time. Right. But, it's, I mean, it's what he talks about here. It's like when, you know, you have too much clutter, you don't... It's impossible to have line of sight to what you want. If you mm-hmm. have, if one, you haven't identified it, and two, you have so much going on, especially that doesn't align with what you're doing. So to your point, like the environment, the people, the routines, the activities, um, that's not to say you absolutely couldn't have stayed and figured all that out, but a blank slate really puts you in a position to succeed because you can essentially recreate yourself, which you talk about a lot, you know, blank canvas. Right, like in the... Uh the opposite, I think, is it's true. I mean, for you, like you, did, you quit, you left a job. We talked about this on the last episode. If you right. didn't see it, Eddie left a job, walked out the door, jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. Right, right. Had a good job, went to a good school, got good grades, 
I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> in this book, he was going. He was in law school when he made the decision not to be a lawyer anymore. Right. He's successful. Yeah. You know, He's at the time. successful. I cannot do that. So that was a decision. It's almost chapter two. Like I, I never really talked about that, but I left left the job, and so okay, so now you see. Um, you know, enough success to where you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's, for me, it was the self-awareness to be like, you know, if you really want to be the 1%, if you want to be the best of the best, you have to make some decisions that are going to be painful, that are going to hurt, but it's, it's, it's priorities and it's sacrifice and you can't have it all. You got to identify what you want and make that, you know, I always say that your son, that the universe revolves around, um, and I did. I ended uh, a relationship with someone that I, I cared a lot about. I left people that, you know, were in my circle and, and that meant a lot to me and left a city that was home and really just everything. And that that wasn't easy. And that's not to, you know, play the, the fiddle for myself or the violin for myself. It's not poor Eddie. It's so people understand because you don't know this. Right. It seems like it's all fun in, in games to move from Boston where you're freezing your ass off to the beach. But I went through a year of like, how do I put these pieces back together? How do I recreate what I have and, and help myself move towards the things that mean the most to me? And it was hard. What, what did you notice the most? This is uh, as I noticed one thing more than anything. Once you stop doing something like if you, if you like you manage a lot of relationships, no matter where. If you've been anywhere for 20 or 30 years, you're managing hundreds of relationships maybe i mean in my case hundreds of relationships and once you leave like a void occurs it's like right what did you notice when you just went it was a day you were there and there was a day you literally drove over the massachusetts border with all the stuff you had in, the, in your life in the car right so what happened it was a matter of uh really you you're forced to to look internally and ask yourself who you are because you don't realize how much stuff you're doing for others or how much stuff you do because you've always done it. And, you know, it does maybe socially, it, it fulfills some needs, but it doesn't build you up. It doesn't create the person that you want more than anything else, you know? And, and by the way, that's fine. Like there are people that are, are content with that. I felt like these next 10 years for me, I didn't want to settle. I didn't want to be average. I want to put my back against the wall and, and see what I can do. And that means you have to make some tough decisions. And so, yeah, now there's a there's a void. Your entire network is gone. So, you know, you have to ask questions that you wouldn't ask if you're in your routine. And a big giant, I, I always say this in my in my, my keynotes, it's a big giant Zamboni comes across your life. Blank slate. It just clears it. So what if you could do anything? What if you could be anyone, with anyone you want, anywhere you want, because of one decision, you were put in a world where you can recreate all of the systems, or I call them algorithms, right. to be more healthy. Because now you have one thing I was looking for uh, that I noticed was I have a hell of a lot of time. Yeah. Stop doing work. Stop doing interpersonal stuff and stop doing social habits. Just cut them all away. You have time. Right. And you, time doesn't wait. Like something else goes in that in there right away right and the time uh when you are away and you have time you can can plug in whatever you want to it the problem is a lot of people take their free time and do what's most convenient which is revert back right yeah or play play with their phone or, or i mean what is it netflix binging 
Yeah. I think you got to be, yeah. once you make a decision, it's very, you got to have a psychologist call it second order thinking. Like when I do this, the next step is that I'm going to replace this with that. For right. Some people replace, uh, there's a lot of people that, that change habits. Um, they stop doing one thing and then they have all this time and they don't, they don't plan for what they're going to replace that time with and they waste it. Right. Five hours per day now TV, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some experimentation involved, I think. But until I love the, the Zamboni metaphor, right? Until you create that clarity for yourself, how would you ever know? Right. Um, because you do right away, you start filling that time up with things. You know, I read that book. Second I was done, I'm like, wow, I've been here a year and a half. I've already reacquired stuff that I don't know. Went into my closet, threw away half my stuff. Like, again, it's, it's simplification right. uh, because, you know, clutter is uh, an obstacle on the way of progress. Is it the opening? I think it's the opening uh, chapter. He, his wife's expecting a baby. He goes to a, a business meeting instead of going to the hospital because his colleague says, You can do both. You can, he, they make, they it was make that pressure. Yeah, like you can do both. The client, the client will, will understand. And so when he gets to the meeting, hmm. he, uh, the clients are like, What are you doing here, dude? And frankly, I'm embarrassed to say that uh, when my uh, first son was born, I did a very similar thing. I wasn't there. I regret that. I can never get that moment back. Right. That was a bad, that was a bad choice. Because in the book, they talk about being unavailable. Instead of saying no and upsetting someone, because we just went through this with a, somebody asked you to go to something, and you said yes. <laughs> you said yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably don't want to point out what the situation was, but I know. Right. Then you later said you couldn't go because something was a priority. Right. Right. Saying no is... Uh, Man, I mean, that's, that's a, a, I don't even want to say tool. It's like, it's imperative, but it's hard for a lot of people to do, you even, know? Even, yeah, even still, like I, I struggle with it. Right. I end up with the, there was a, there was a book called The One Minute Manager Meets the Monkey. And I didn't live this well, but I read it and it talks about the monkey. When someone comes into your office, they have a problem, they throw it on your desk and they're giving you the monkey. Like the monkey and their back's going on your back. Right. And then what I, what I had, the books is get a bowl of monkeys. And when the person comes in with a monkey, you pull a monkey out and you flip it at them. Right. Like, don't bring me a monkey without a solution. Like, if they got a problem, your, your job isn't to take everyone's problem. Your job isn't to take everyone's uh, issue on, nor is it to do something for them. You, if you're a friend and you want to be available for them, you can be available. But if it's, they're asking something of you, then you don't have the time because you've allocated that to your your priority right right not priorities priorities technically is not even you know, prior prior means the one there's no two not, you can't have more than one one right right so priority it's an oxymoron yeah. to have many priorities yeah you, you know, <laughs> yeah that's what it is yeah. yeah i always said that about priorities so, you know there's no such thing as priorities because it's a latin word means the one what's the one thing right and just being unavailable which is another another um I think a great principle when someone asks you to do something, say, I'm not available. I'd rather than saying no. Right. If you learn nothing else, learn that. I'm unavailable. Right. 100%. With, uh, with, with your world within live, where we, you know, stepped out of our comfort zone a little bit to put this right. event on, um, you saw a lot of that. You know, it was monkeys everywhere. <laughs> Everything seemed like uh, uh, it was the priority in the moment. Um, 
but that's that's why there was a learning experience and and that's that's why the next one will be you know even better but um yeah it's like you got to learn what takes priority and what doesn't that's a huge point uh you and i were talking about this at dinner i don't know if you remember last night because we're going over this book yesterday at dinner it's nice to read a book with somebody by the way not just by yourself so you can talk about it and this helps us learn this helps eddie and i learn this book even better but you talk we talked about the undisciplined pursuit of less in this thing leads to the focused undisciplined pursuit of less so meaning you're only pursuing one thing in your case uh, like the last year for me it's mostly basically been my book just getting a book published and written into bestseller status which i did um and i did a lot of stupid things too but the undisciplined pursuit of less leads to success which leads to options options which leads to what doing things that don't push you forward <laughs> yeah, right. mistakes yeah. undisciplined pursuit of more which <laughs> right. leads to a disaster like what we did with your world within live which uh i think there was a lot of great wins there but i'm not sure we were very clear on what we wanted to accomplish right in it and then it kind of took on a life of its own and we we didn't say we're unavailable we started doing more so something with a budget of x ended up with a budget of 10x and yep yeah so we learned a lot of things. Uh, we, sh- we certainly did. Certainly did. Yeah, everything should have a priority. You know, everything should be like what's most important about this particular thing. So we we, we backed off on. I was looking at doing a podcast. You were looking at doing potentially a podcast, or I was also looking at being just a podcast guest to get my message out there. And we decided to do this, but it was well thought out in my mind. Mm. Not like oh, let's just do a podcast, right? And we got Stevie here, who's now on board. Stevie. He's a producer. And he was one of our one of our uh, our big wins from your world within live. You were there. You were sitting there, the dunk master. Yep. I had a question about the book. Go for it. Um, for this chapter, um, what did you guys think about embracing your inner child? The wisdom of embracing your inner child. How does that apply in your life? And how do you find yourself doing doing that? What if I forgot that chapter? <laughs> we can review it. <laughs> I think I think it's 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 a, one of the most important things because. Um, your inner child is the direction you most want to go. And so if we're talking about prioritization and cutting away, that's usually going to be the direction you go. You know what I mean? My, my inner child was not saying property casualty insurance. Oh, right. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. And so like when you follow the things that you love to do, it's easy to work harder. It's easy to make it uh, combine, you know, work, play, and just build a lifestyle around what you love. I got it. Play. I, I forgot it was play, which is off of uh, Mihail Csikszentmihalyi's book, Flow, which is behind Eddie. One of my favorite books is is what 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 is flow, what is play, and how important play is for creativity. Yeah, man. Everything. I, yeah, like the, the dumb thing that we do, uh, you and I go, we do, uh, this, we do what's called a business session, which we were going to record this morning. And it's when we just kind of step away and work on the business, not in it. But we also do them, a lot of times we do them at a pier six miles away, so we ride our bikes and we fart around all day and we go up there and spend a couple hours. That's, that's play. And what surprises me most about those is when you're in flow, you're like playing like a kid. Right. And kids stop playing at, I think it's 12 or 13 years old. We put our toys down and we start becoming something else. We transition into a man, and for a guy anyway. But play is when time, time doesn't go by. So we can be away from gone for sometimes three or four hours, and it, we get back, it seems like 10 minutes. 
right. we're in flow. We're, we're in play. And, and play, is, there's a lot of science behind that as a cure to anxiety and depression. And in the workplace, if you're working and you hate what you do and the clock's just dragging, you got to make a decision. <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah. If you don't love what you do, you got to create a, a sandbox where it's more fun to play. So that's that's kind of where I took away from. I forgot that he had play in his in his book. I know there's a lot of things in here that like tie in barely, but then you know when you look at it holistically, it's like okay, I get that. I think um, uh, when we come back from those sessions, we call them peer reviews. Mm-hmm. Not only was it more enjoyable than being like you know in an office, but like some of our our, our best ideas came from that. Because it was just letting the imagination run. I mean, your voice to the world podcast there. And, you know, some of the, um, you know, like uh, subscription models that we talked about. Like, what would we love? What can, how, you know, how can we add more value to people? I mean, it all just came from sitting, uh, sitting by the water and kind of throwing stuff back and forth. Morning sessions came from a peer review. Morning sessions, yeah. So you had that product sitting on a shelf. Right. Wasn't selling especially well. Right. Now it's part of a movement. Exactly. Exactly. Because you connected dots. That's what happens when you play. And there's three things. The brain knows what, what it knows. The brain knows, like, I know your name, you know my name. Yeah. And there's things that you know that you don't know. Like, I know I don't know quantum physics. At least I don't now. Right. But then there's things that you don't, that you don't know that you actually know. And the brain has Your a intuition. infinite, yeah, they have an infinite intelligence. And when you're in play, you're freeing up a lot of that, that noise that, 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 uh, that bothers people and it goes away and you can, <clears throat> yogis call it downloads. You ever been, been on a yoga mat and you get an idea pop in your head? No. I have all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in a meditative state, I gotta your brain kind of connects dots and that's, that's a, uh, that's a big part of playing, which is a big part of once you're. Once you're clear in essentialism, when you have fewer things to worry about, you have lots of more room for the brain to do what the brain does. Yeah. Morning session is a perfect example of that, too, because this is for the backstory. I mean, this is as an entrepreneur, the first product ever brought to the floor. And it was essentially 31 audio files, like looked at in a very one dimensional way and uh, didn't have the reach that I thought it would. And I remember talking about it with you and it was like, no, there's value here. Not only that, this is, you you may be missing the mark. This is a lifestyle. And I was like, oh my God, light bulb moment, right? It's, it's what's your one thing? What can you cut away? And left not only sort of revitalizing this thing, but completely, uh, or exponentially growing the impact. Right. You know, and that's all because of, of cutting away the stuff that wasn't completely relevant to the value that was added. We also <clears throat> turned in what was a, I think like a two minute audio. We had some awesome audio on, you know, motivation to get in, to get a spark, that activation energy needed to get your day going. Right. With a couple other things that, that, that were very useful, like journaling. Right. Like you got the, your world within journal now that comes with it. Um, and then you have the big idea from yesterday, like what did you learn yesterday? And you write it down in your journal and tell a story about it. I think that that's always been super helpful. I got 300, I actually use Evernote, but yeah. I have 300 cause it's searchable. 300 ideas from 300 days of morning sessions. Like all these ideas. Right. Um, and sometimes I put more than one idea. If I learned something from yesterday or in a book 
and it's a bit, it's a big enough idea that I don't want to forget it because you do forget 95% of what we learn and read. Um, it can come back. It's in a file, but this is an easy way to do it. Yeah. Which what speaking if, of like from the last podcast, if we're dipping back into that, the idea is it's not usually not the product or initial offering. It's usually how it's communicated. Right. You know? Yeah. That's a, but it's part of a, it's one thing you can do that could be essential. It's a decision that makes a lot of decisions because in morning sessions, right? One decision, like every day I'm going to take as part of my morning routine, I'm going to listen to a video. I'm going to meditate or I'm going to stretch. Right. I'm going to spend five minutes in pure silence. That's my, my, my sessions a la carte, but it's, there's a framework that we, we offer in the product. And then I'm going to, I'm going to log and journal. One thing I learned yesterday new. That's one thing a day, right? right. Forever, if you, if you do that, it's big. Can't can't hit a hit a target when the lights are off, you know. So just that clarity. Morning session. Did you do morning session yesterday, Stevie? Does that badass? Yeah. What'd you do? Um, I did something similar to what you did. <laughs> Basically, just I usually like to do something I learned from yesterday. Kind of got the same tactic. What my plan is for today is really helpful for me, like the plan, and that's kind of a, leads me to a question I was about to ask: is which. How do you know when to say no to an opportunity if it's like if you're trying to build something and you meet with somebody or you have this great opportunity? How do you know to say no if you had your own plan for the day, but a great opportunity comes out? How do you make that split second decision or a quick decision trying to make the right one that but you want to say no to things? Like, how do you know which win, which wins to say no to and which not? Yeah, it's a multifaceted question. I mean, the, the first the obvious thing is, is it aligned with what you're doing? Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you have to you have to experiment and uh, sort of refine, you know, but um, it comes with experience, I think. Um, learning what things push you forward, what things don't. I can say like in 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 my, uh, you know, four years of content creation, uh, I used to write every note of the background music and I used to do every single you know podcast that i was invited to and i used to do and it's like the uh, at a certain time there's a necessity there right when you're starting out and you can't afford to license music yes when you're looking to grow your your skills yes you say yes to everything but then you sort of realign um you know on a consistent basis and start doing exactly what's best for you in the moment so as you grow and you start moving towards that north star uh you're able to refine and adjust if you get tighter on your priority and what's essential to you, and you should make a run through it. There's a, I think there's an exercise about the closet in there where you wipe out everything you own that you don't use. Yeah. But there's a, if you ask Einstein behind me, one of my favorite, favorite people. What would Einstein say? What would Einstein say? Einstein would say that the eighth wonder of the world is compounding interest. So things compound on each other. Right. Right. There's books behind you. The one thing in Dana Hardy's book, uh, compounding effect and then tim ferris's book the four-hour work week and even in essentialism he talks about uh progress and momentum and one of my favorite people charlie munger was quoted to say compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world with the exception of when you interrupt it unnecessarily so let's pretend you're compounding your your vision you're four years in and someone says why don't you do something else and you stop doing it even temporarily, mm -hmm. all the momentum you had, it's like a domino being pulled from the domino effect, but it doesn't take the next domino down. And it's a big cost to doing that. And it might seem, a lot of times these decisions you have to say no to seem like they're very big opportunities, but it, you need to think through the compounding effect. So that's a big deal. 
when, that's what I would say. Don't, in, don't interrupt momentum unnecessarily. Mm. Yeah, so in other words, you're saying that, whoops, you're saying that yes to something that doesn't align with what you want, your priority, it's a loss because it derails the sort of domino effect where it, and you, it makes you backtrack. Right. If you, well, if you went through this process, you've made something essential that's important to you more than anything else. And now someone drops something into your life, into your ecosystem, and then who knows how they got there. But there's usually giving them, they're trying to buy units of your time and your, your with, usually units of your time and your, your life with units of money. Because usually when you get interrupted, it's usually some kind of monetary incentive yeah you're like some way to get to what you want to do quicker which isn't where you want to be anyway so once you get it you'll be like the dog that catches the car you won't want it right it'll just solve a temporary problem right which is money which is way that robs a lot of dreams 100%. people and they, they want more and when they have more a lot of them are unhappy that can be a wolf in sheep's clothing at times like i've i've noticed that you know a lot of the mistakes that i've made in, in turns I made where maybe I shouldn't have turned are because of the short-term monetary incentives. Mm -hmm. And so part of growth for me was like, you know, you can make X quick, right? But to your exact point, you're, you're crippling your momentum. And if you look five, 10 years down the road, you'll be better off both, you know, mentally um, from a career standpoint and financially, if you can pull yourself back, look at the big picture and continue to do and drive um, the thing that you feel, you know, is most relevant. Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, especially now, man, you go, you go on YouTube, everyone's like, want to make money? Boom, click this, yeah. click this, click this, click this. And you're like, you know. You know how I feel about that. You can't. Can't 10x happiness? You can't 10x happiness. You can't <laughs> flip a switch and, and, and become an expert and build a funnel. And, and the, the, what happened to the old days of hard work and working at something that you love and doing a little bit of it each time and right. getting a, a skill and a proficiency that you can monetize something that you love? I mean, it's part of this business. Share your voice, build your business. Right. What's essential in your voice? What's, what's, what, you, what do you cut away from anything that doesn't share your voice with the world? Right. And then how do you turn that voice into a lifestyle and a business? Exactly. It's possible. And something that's not taught about, with regard to that is uh, immediate validation is just not a thing. Like you have to spend months and years building a foundation, establishing yourself as an expert, building credibility. Then you start to see payoff. But I think, you know, and, and social media is part to blame for this. It's a, it's a win now mentality. It's not the real world. No one wins this second. You position yourself towards what you want. You build yourself up every day and you create habits um, that, that, you know, you can ultimately stand on. Talk about, um, you and I talked about this last night, trade-offs. Yeah. So many trade-offs, right? So, like, I, 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 I observed one for you. If you'd like me to share it with the oh, world, please do. Well, you like to make your own stuff, right? And and you're good at it. And you're also you're like world class. And there's some projects you don't necessarily want to work on, but you end up working on them, right? Yeah, that's I'm, a trade-off, right? That's it is. Yeah, it is. It's like you can spend two days creating 
you know, a musical piece to put in your video, or you can outsource it in 10 minutes and be more productive. It's like, now maybe once a month, if, if it's something you love to do, then you do that. Right. But what do you want to do more? Do you want to be a guy that creates good to very good background music? Or do you want to be someone that, um, you know, is able to excel in a niche? Like big picture, what is it you want to do? Um, and yeah, there's trade-offs. Socially, there's trade-offs. I just mentioned like, you know, the, the relationship piece. Um, I mentioned, you know, being in, being close to my family, like all these things that would be nice, but can't have it all. Can't have it all. And that, that, that's what happens is, is when you, when you lose focus and you start the undisciplined pursuit of more, right. You end up failing. So success actually undisciplined success leads to failure because the trade-offs Aren't, aren't, aren't well thought out. So explain undisciplined success. <clears throat> no, success becomes from disciplined focus, typically. You, do so, you, be, you have extreme, extreme focus and talent, right, added together. Ex- usually applied will lead to extreme results, which will lead to options and surplus, right. which will lead to all of the people coming to you because you're, you're, you're moving or you're known or you're good and they're going to offer you new opportunities Right. And they may look really, really attractive to you. you right. might want to right. be, like in my case, I think I, I actually mentioned this just last time. Like I was doing so well, I bought restaurants. I right. I didn't know anything about restaurants. And someone sold me on the concept of opening a restaurant and doing this and that. And I could run a business. And, and pretty soon I have pure, literally pure chaos in my life. I didn't realize how much leakage and wastage and theft was in restaurant business. The sales were going well. What the things I could control were going well. The things I knew nothing about, I was getting slaughtered. Yeah. Every month, like driving a brand new car off a cliff. Right. And before I knew it, I had utter chaos, and I didn't think it through because there should be, if this is if what's essential to you, like right now, my, my brand is about recreating yourself, basically taking something broken, making it beautiful through algorithms, rewriting algorithms. I have to be careful as new opportunities come my way, and they have. I don't get clouded in the trade-off for if it doesn't fit in the, in the, in the priority, it's going to interrupt my domino flow right now. Yeah. I don't do it. So how do you keep yourself out of the weeds? Because I'm sure a lot of people deal with that, right? Things that pop up, shiny, shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Um, I don't answer my phone very rarely. Yeah. It's hard to get me live on the phone. That's one way. Uh, I'm not saying I never do, but it's very, it's very, if you, I mean, if you keep your phone available, I try not to look at the email. These, these options are coming at you all day long. Right. Distractions. Right. Um, put yourself in a world where you can win. Um, not perfect at it, obviously. How about you? Um, what was the question? I forget. Stevie, what was the question? Oh, how, how do you, how do you stay unclouded? Yeah. Yeah. And how do you discern from like which opportunities you go with and which ones you are, it's over your head. Yeah. Uh, so this has been uh, my my personal Goliath. I've been fighting, um, but you know, realizing, I think data and metrics have actually helped. Um, but realizing like what I want to say on one hand, and two, what's adding the most value, what's the biggest impact, and marrying the two, uh, and and realizing what that is. So for me, it's it's YouTube. It's inciting emotion through video content which is 
you know, it's 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 my north star. It's not writing background music. It's not doing voiceover. It's not creating video for clients. It's not doing all these things that like I could do and I do from time to time. It's boom. Here's what you love to do. Here's what resonates with an audience that needs to drive um, your action. So Eddie, when you do that, like. Because I, I do the same thing. Like I feel like I want to do videos or I, I don't know which path exactly to go to. But when you find that North Star, right. is it tough to, if you see like another hobby of yours, like I'm sure you like the video editing, whatever it is, the thing that you say no to is what if that has a path that you see successful, but the one that kind of reson- resonates with you the most, it's like that's your number one, but you don't really know how you're ever going to get right. there. How do you get yourself to go towards that even though the other one kind of seems like a more easy path or the right path like all the logistics are there yeah it's growth i mean i i don't think that's an easy thing to do i think it comes with time like there are certain things like i mentioned the music outsourcing that um that ultimately i've done right and you know allowing other people to post on you know my instagram for example um which is something that frees up capacity video editing is the next domino to fall i struggle with that because you know we was talking with evan carmichael about it he says look you want to be a speaker or a video editor and he has a point but where i struggle is you create a four minute cinematic video with the story the story is in the editing so if i'm giving up the editing it's got to be someone that's absolutely incredible at what they do, or I feel like my story will, will die before it's ever released. And so like, um, part of it is, is sort of severing the emotional attachment to these things, you know? Um, but yeah, you got to keep in mind what it is you love. And, and for me, storytelling is a big part of it. And so that'll always be uh, a piece of, of what I do and what I like to do. Interesting. What do you think, man? I think you're going to have a hard time getting rid of the editing. You're so, you're so good at it. It's just so... People don't understand it's not just chopping up video. Right, right. Scorsese, if you take any Scorsese movie and give it to some bum on the street to edit, you know what I mean? It's going to be absolutely terrible. Um, it's like a whole other language. It is. It, it is. is, yeah. Talking about... Um, talking about back to essentialism like if you're the question i don't know if it's in the book but it was said it said if you can do let's call it the zamboni conversation like let's pretend a zamboni walk walk, wiped your wife life clean left you with all the time money was an object and you could do anything you wanted to do with your life Mm. what is what is it what is it essential what is the one and the only priority Creating, creating media content that helps people think about the world differently. Um, however that is right now it's video. I feel like, you know, whether you're starting a business, whether you're, um, in pursuit of something new, whether you're just trying to see the value and the positivity when you wake up every day, I feel like there's so much more people can grasp out of life. They just need to see it. And so, um, you know, what drives me is being able to tell that story right through either my experience things i've read things i've observed um in a way that helps people say oh i get it like things are the way they are because i'm looking at them a certain way and it's funny how just uh uh, uh, you know a two-minute video 
can make you realize that sometimes less, sometimes 30 seconds, 15 seconds. It's like your life is the way it is because one, you've allowed it to be the way it is. And two, it's the story you're telling yourself. Um, and so one, I get to help people and, and push that narrative. And two, I can be creative and I can write speeches and I can make videos. And I just love that. Like that's my perfect existence. And I don't know exactly how that's going to manifest because things are changing, but I know, you know, we were talking about North Star. That's the thing that ultimately I'm driving towards. Um, and the little intricacies of the day to day, um, are, are what I piece together to almost like stairs, like, you know, one on top of another, I sort of sort out, um, to, to get myself there. What about you? Story. Uh, well, I wanted to help people. I want to help people that self-identify is not living their full potential, which is a lot, if not everybody, and help them recreate themselves in their life and their business, or both. And to do that through speeches and keynotes and online learning and, and, and all, that, all that type of, of uh, ways to teach. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 I Googled the, the 10 world problems once. I think I told you about this. I, the book behind you, Good to Great by Collins, has a, a segment in it that says, what can you be the best in the world at? And my father used to tell me that you're the best. You're the best in the, on the field. You're always the best. And that was so self-serving. And then I kind of reframed that question. Is what can you be the best for the world at? And I don't know why I Googled the top 10 world problems. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I put them on that, that board over there. And... I think the number one problem, there was a, there was a eight I couldn't do anything about. Like I couldn't do anything about water security. I couldn't do anything about terrorism and fighting and religious conflicts, uh, obesity, maybe a little bit actually it was number uh, lack of food was in there and also was overeating. They're both on there now, but the two things I could do is education was, you know, lack of education, lack of access to education is a world problem and poverty. Right. I know a little bit about both of those. So I can teach people to learn how to earn. And when you recreate yourself, you, you do that to make something new that's never existed before. Right? Yeah. You, you, you do that through thinking about what it is you'd have. If you had time and money, no issue, what would you create yourself into? What would you make yourself into? And I had that opportunity because I got... I unexpectedly survived terminal illness and I had moved and I had retired and I had made a lot of the hard decisions kind of as my journey, as a result of my journey, but I could make myself into anything I wanted to. And By the way, amazing that you said that you had that opportunity. Yeah. Just for the record. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It was an opportunity. Right. Yeah. Which it is. And I know this, that if you... If you don't have a plan, the mm. world will give you one. Right. And the plan that I was given was you have this disease, you're this type of person, there's no cure, and these are the things you need to do for the rest of your life. And I didn't buy that. Like, that's when I wrote Superhero Self. I was like, I'm a superhero. I have a purpose. I want to make a difference. I want to I make a, a meaningful use of this second chance. And I told myself a different story. Because you talk about stories in your video. The science of a story is it transports you into a different part of your brain. It's called transportation theory, where you take on the role of the protagonist. So when I listen to your videos and morning sessions, I, you know, and I see this kid running down the street, I start running down the street with them in my mind. So I can be that person. I can transport to that, and I can start living that, that fictional reality. Right. So you help people recreate themselves by helping them tell themselves a better story. And decisions is actually part of it as well, cutting away from all else. Like, that's my new narrative. 
and then lining up the lining up your your uh, your action plan, your strategy to do that. Long answer to a short question, but that's what that's what I I think is relevant, important, and meaningful. Beautiful, beautiful. What do you think, Steve? What would yeah. you make yourself into? I'm not sure, but I do have a question for you. Go Throw for it back it. at you. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so you. Eddie, we kind of know his video editing is a big no that he's trying to cut out, mm -hmm. kind of dealing with it. What's your big no? So you have your journey that you want to help people recreate, recreate themselves. What's a big no that you could see yourself uh, saying? That's tough. That's an easy one. I, I'm not, I don't want to work for a corporation ever again. And, and a corporation is an entity. It's, it's basically a person. I want to be in control. I want to be the captain of my own ship. There you go. And Which is the, <laughs> it's the whole, the whole entire, uh, the whole entire big idea in this episode is what's essential. So I wanted to be the captain of my own ship and I wanted to live a lifestyle friendly business. I didn't want to be uh, restricted to a geography. I designed the life I want to live. So to, I wanted to travel and I wanted to see the world. I wanted to ex have new experiences. It wasn't just financial, but I wanted to design a lifestyle friendly business that did that. So I became an author so that I can use my books to speak from stage. I can use this venue here to do that, to get invited to other places and speak and get paid. You know, they gotta pay for me to get there and they gotta pay me to go. Um, so I didn't, I didn't, not to say I won't work with corporations, I will not work for one ever again. Yeah. Unless, no. <laughs> Unless it's a big number. No, that doesn't work. It really doesn't. And I've said no to a big number already because if you're not in alignment with what's essential to you, you won't be happy. And happiness is uh, the people that are most happy in the world are not making money. Yeah. There's almost that cliche. It's like money can't buy happiness. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you're in a position that you're not happy and you're making some. And it's like, right. this is empty. This literally means nothing. I don't know what. I think it's the Costa Ricans are still the happiest. Are they? In the world. Yeah, they're right there. And they make, on average, even from a lifestyle perspective, like 20% of what we do as, as Americans. Yeah. They're the happiest country in the world. Um, actually, the, the, Den, the Danish countries are, but the Costa Ricans are still right there. I got, I've been to Costa Rica 20 times, and the Tico people are so happy. It just rubs off on you. It's awesome. Yeah. They're, they're, they're focusing on the right things. They've cut away what doesn't matter. Number one, the number one thing to recreating yourself is decisions cut away from tell yourself a superhero story, line them up, line up your strategy. That's it. It's cool. It starts with this. It's all part of our journey. Last week we went from, oh, the places you'd go, right? If, you did, if you're essential in your, your destination, the places you'll go, learning and making mistakes while you go, the alchemist, and here we are in essentialism. What's essential? What's your priority? So what do you think? That's a, a wrap on podcast number two or what? I think it's awesome. So next week I think we're figuring out your purpose, what makes you feel alive. All right. So after podcast episode two, right? So we talked about creating your journey. We talked about decisions, cutting away, deciding what's essential. Um, next week, we'll talk about gravitating towards your purpose, some tangible ways to do that. And we'll be using, you know, Gary Keller's The One Thing. So tune in. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be an awesome episode. Peace out. Peace out.